listeners. <laughs> it's your host, Dr. Doom. Um, this, I'm, I'm just going to add this story, but I'm going to put it in first because it's a short one, but it's kind of funny. So um, we, we have our uh, annual Christmas party and, uh, and we haven't had it in three years now. And uh, so I, they, they always ask me to give grace at the beginning of the Christmas party. And I have this grace, like I learned from an Irish family. I used to date a girl from Ireland and they used to say uh, as follows, for food in a world where many walk in hunger, for faith in a world where many walk in fear, for fellowship in a world where many walk alone, we give you thanks, almighty God. Amen. So that was, it's a beautiful grace. It's my favorite, but I'm actually not Irish. I'm Scottish. So, uh, so I thought this year I would give the, you know, the, the Selkirk grace, the grace of my people. It might be the Robbie Burns grace, but I'm not hundred percent sure he actually wrote it. Anyway, I'd practiced and like, I'd learned this grace and it, I spent, I spent a good time learning it. Uh, you know, uh, and what I wanted to do was I'd like to do it in my like Scottish accent, you know. So I thought I'd, I'd get up there and say, if it's all right with you, I'd like to do my, my own uh, grace. I usually give you the Irish one, but uh, I'd like to do my Scottish grace. And it goes as follows. Uh, some have meat, but can I eat? And some would eat that want it. But we have meat, and we can eat. And say the Lord, be thank it. Amen. So that was my plan and I practiced that and I practiced that accent and I was uh I was ready I've been practicing for about a week and a half and so come along the uh, time of the uh Christmas party uh I'm ready I practiced in the car all the way there <laughs> and I thought is it inappropriate to put on the Scottish accent but I thought no uh you know it's, it's it, that's how you have to do the Selkirk grace you can't because you can't say can I you can I eat uh, you can't say it in a non-Scottish accent or it sounds stupid. Some hay meat, but can they eat? <laughs> you know, I guess it kind of automatically gives you the accent. I don't know. Anyway, and and we grew up with lots of people with that accent. So you can kind of slip into it. It's just, you know, it's not that hard. If you've watched Train Spot a few times, you know, I mean, uh, anyway. Um, so I was, I was ready to go and we got there and, uh, you know, the chief gets up and he does a speech and then he, everybody kind of claps for him. And uh, what happened was uh, actually, that's quite funny. They had a uh, open bar um, for an hour, just one hour before the, uh, before the thing started. Now, if you've been following, I haven't been drinking since March. I haven't had a drink, uh, but I'll have like sips of wine or whatever, but I, I have not had a full, you know, and it's not, I'm not like trying to count days or anything. Um, but I just do not drink much. And so I was just waiting for Diet Coke or whatever. And while I was waiting for my Diet Coke, uh, people were drinking shot after shot after shot at the bar. It was fucking unreal. So by the time um, they sat down and the chief did his speech, people were fucking smashed. Like, couldn't stand up drunk. And, uh, and so... I was kind of waiting for him to say, Hey, uh, Jake's gonna say, say grace here. And, uh, instead he just said, Oh, let's eat. <laughs> so I never got to do it. So anyway, you got to hear my Scottish accent and my Selkirk grace. 
And uh, the next story was going to be the only story, but it's this big, long, rambling thing. Don't feel like you have to listen to the whole thing. Uh, it is Christmas season. Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. See you later. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Doom podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom. Um, I, if you can tell by the sound of my voice, I've been a little under the weather lately. Um, I've got, uh, I'm guessing it's probably influenza. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just thought I'd give like a life update, um, because there's been some fun stuff and some not so fun stuff and nothing terrible. Just, you know, it's non, it's been non-dramatic. Um, but yeah, I, the, the flu bug has been a bad one this year. Like I, I can handle the respiratory illness, but, um, I had to miss work on Friday. I actually showed up for work and, uh, which was probably in, in retrospect, irresponsible. Um, but honestly, I don't even remember going in. Like I remember, um, leaving, uh, a colleague of mine actually came in and said, you, you look terrible. You got to go home. And, uh, and I felt terrible because there are all these patients booked and there aren't enough of my specialty to take care of these patients. If, if one of us goes home, there's people get canceled. Right. And, the, and I hadn't missed a day in, um, well, I missed two days this year now, but I hadn't missed a day in 10 years before that. And, uh, you just work like you work through thick and thin. Um, but, uh, but no, it was too much for me. <laughs> And that's, uh, like I said, I don't miss work uh, lightly. I don't take it lightly, but I, I, I had no choice. I was, I was just terribly sick. And it was almost like I felt like I was drunk, uh, which sounds really scary. But on uh, Friday when I went in, I don't remember driving into work. I remember um, my wife having to dress me in the morning because I couldn't, I was so stiff and sore. I had such bad myalgia. I felt like my bones were all going to explode. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get dressed and I, I called her the phone. I couldn't reach the phone. I, I did the Hey Siri thing, um, and, and made the phone call her for me and then shouted over the phone. So if she could hear me, I, I need help getting dressed <laughs> anyway. Um, that sounds very pathetic and dramatic and maybe I am a little, I, I'm a hypochondriac for sure. I hate being sick. Um, and I tested negative for COVID, uh, a couple like three times now. So I, I'm pretty sure it's influenza. Anyway, uh, it's, it's ridiculous that I even drove, uh, on Friday. I was so sick. I, I don't remember getting to work. I remember it was cold and trying to get across the parking lot. I felt like, um, somebody was stabbing me in my lungs. Um, and, uh, and then uh, I got in and uh, I kind of remember people asking, are you feeling okay? And I, I just kind of shaking my head. No. And, uh, and then I, I told them, please don't make me do any of the big cases. <laughs> please, please find somebody else. Please. I was so pathetic and so unwell. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in the end, another fellow I work with came in and, uh, and he said, look, you, you got to go home. <laughs> not, you're not well. I, I will make it work. I'll make it, you know, I, I can double cover. I can cover you and the thing I'm supposed to be doing. God bless him. He's a good man. Um, 
and and this poor guy has had he's been sick as well and uh i felt like such a wimp because he had like a serious injury and and uh and he he was still going to work and then i i just but i couldn't do it um it was almost like i had the brain fever from the 1800s you know what i mean like i just couldn't couldn't process what was happening it wasn't safe um anyway so that's the second day of work i've missed in a year and before that I, like i said 10 years um it's crazy uh yeah anyway so that's that's kind of sort of what's been going on um this week um i think what happened uh how i got sick is that um we're really short on staff at, like everywhere in canada we're we're really short staffed the hospitals uh, really it's really quite a sad spot to be working and uh we don't have any x-ray staff and i go up on the floor and i put in a lot of lines but then you have to wait sorry about the dogs in the background you have to wait for an x-ray to prove that your lines in a good spot and they just sometimes they take like two hours to come and i was in a room with a guy with influenza who was on a cpap machine so aerosolizing and everything else and i had an n95 but you know you can't just stand there next to a person for two hours without getting sick um, and I have my flu shots and all that stuff, but you know, they're 70% effective. They say, I think this year it might be a little worse. Um, that's just me guessing just by the pure number of people who have uh, gotten sick. But, uh, all that's to say, I, th- I think I'm on the men now, but I've had some weird symptoms this time. Uh, this morning I woke up and I had terrible skin pain all over my chest and my back. And, uh, it felt like a bad sunburn. Um, this is an old man complaining about his health issues, isn't it? This is just what, anyway, it's just at a point of interest. Um, so I, I got in the shower and it was really quite pen- painful. And then I put on a shirt and I screamed like I didn't, it just caught me off guard, but I screamed for 20 seconds this in agony. And I t- made the mistake of then peeling the shirt off and, uh, screamed even more, um, just like it was just like being skinned alive Uh, and i think it's something called allodynia which is like a type of migraine and i do get migraines and i've had post-viral migraines before um but this is like just a hyper acusis not hyper acusis but a hypersensitivity of uh your uh your the nerves in your skin um it's the first time i've ever had this happen uh it's a really strange symptom allodynia I don't think there's any treatment for it other than just time. Uh, it's, I can still feel it. Like I f- still feel pain in my chest and stuff. Um, it's just really weird. It's been a weird thing, but, um, anyway, enough about the illness. I'll tell you kind of one cool story and one sort of depressing story. Um, I'm, this is all going to be just a one cut kind of episode here. Um, so, Four years ago, um, well, five years ago, I should say. God, yeah, it's 2017. It's about five and a half years ago, summer 2017. Um, my dad, uh, who was kind of my best friend, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and uh, I had a lot of guilt uh, with that because um, he had uh, he had complained he'd had some symptoms of not feeling well, not being, you know, loss of appetite, hadn't lost any weight that uh, I knew of. And, um, my mom was going to visit my brother, uh, who lives in Australia for the summer, I think. And, uh, dad was working and, uh, 
he was kind of my responsibility but not really he was he was totally self-sufficient until then um but uh but you know he'd gone in and uh, had a scan done and I, I hadn't really looked at it but the person who was looking at it you know brought me over and said uh, you know you don't see anything here do you and I had a quick look and said no um anyway about um that was in May and then about a month or two months later I feel like I hadn't seen dad very much. Like I, I had just been working hard. He'd been working and, um, dad was always up at six in the morning and, uh, you know, have coffee and sit at his computer and stuff. And, um, I came over to visit him at lunch, uh, one day when I was at work, but I had a lunch break. Um, and I, I came over, uh, to his house it was about, uh, you know, eight minutes away from the hospital. And, uh, nobody answered the door and you know I, was, I thought that's weird and I let myself in and because uh, his car was still in the driveway and uh, I let myself in and um, went upstairs and he was in bed and I thought this isn't right I thought maybe he's just sick I don't I don't know you know maybe he's got got the flu or whatever um, I kind of woke him up and he just said no I just I don't have any energy I don't feel well um, and I've been, I've just been wanting to sleep all the time. And, uh, so kind of alarm bells were going off, but I said, well, why don't we do something this weekend? Because there was this old classic car I wanted to look at. I kind of wanted a, uh, at the time they weren't, it was about uh, $15,000, I think for a, uh, 56 Chevy Bel Air. Uh, they're my favorite of the classic cars. Nowadays, I'd probably get a classic truck. Uh, but I can't afford either anymore. But at that time, you know, they weren't, they weren't super expensive and it was in good condition. I wanted him to come see it with me. So we went up and looked at the car that weekend. And then, um, we went, uh, to a fishing pier with, uh, my son and, uh, and dad and, uh, Chrissy and we were all there and, uh, and dad was just dragging, like he was dragging his ass and, and you could tell he was just not himself and he said he had bad reflux and um we had dinner um on the fishing pier there's a little restaurant uh, called captain dan's and uh it was like his one of his favorite places to eat but he i think he ordered a beer but he wouldn't drink it like he just had a couple sips and then he just pushed food around on his plate like i i've seen um if you've ever seen anyone with anorexia how they'll move food around to look make it look like they eat food um that was what he was doing. He was trying to make it look like he'd eaten, but he didn't, uh, he didn't eat any of his food. And, uh, I thought, Oh my God, something's definitely wrong in between those two times, actually. No, before the first time, uh, we'd gone fishing with, uh, Chrissy's uh, stepdad and, uh, they'd brought, um, he'd brought these sandwiches like deli meat sandwiches and dad had horrendous reflux from that and felt terrible and uh so i you know i was thinking oh he's got bad reflux or something um but uh yeah after seeing him push food around on his plate um i said look we gotta have another look at that ct scan and um so i got a friend of mine to have a look at it and sure enough he had a pancreatic tumor it was really sad and that was we kind of let it go for uh two months and so uh um, I said, look, you need an MRI. He was too, he was too afraid to get in the MRI machine. 
said, well, we got to do at least a the proper like pancreatic staging CT. When we did it two months later, of course, he had metastatic disease in his liver. And it was, um, you know, I always felt uh, terribly guilty about that. That was, uh, if they caught it earlier, um, you know, he had a specific type of cancer called acinar cell carcinoma. And, um, you know, he could have had a potentially better survival rate than a standard pancreatic cancer. But, uh, you know, it's still pretty deadly, but um, it just didn't work out, I guess. And I try to tell myself, like, he wouldn't have gotten in for surgery that fast anyway. But anyway, it is, it ended up being what, it, what it, I guess, the way it was going to go. So all that being said, I felt quite guilty when he got sick. And, um, and I had a really hard time with it. And one thing I found that helped was writing and not writing like depressing stuff or letters to my dad or anything, but writing uh, humor. And, uh, so I actually started writing on my phone. Uh, well, I did the whole book. I wrote a book on my phone. It was called Grand Entrepreneurs and dad was a business guy. And, uh, and he would, uh, he, he would look at these people who, would build an entire business just based on buzzwords that would uh, attract Government of Canada grant money. And those buzzwords are like diversity, um, green space, um, carbon neutral, uh, carbon capture, you know, all the, all the socially correct buzzwords that really you could attach them to something that where they have no inherent meaning, but you could still get money out of the government for a good two or three years of salary for people who do nothing. And that's not, I, I, look, I'm not criticizing <laughs> this. This was just a thing. It's still an ongoing thing that happens. Um, so, so I wrote a book about a company, like starting a company just based on the exploitation of grants and subsidies from the Canadian government uh, called Grantrepreneurs. And it was really funny. I, I wrote it uh, for him. And I wrote it on my phone in the shitter. Like that was the entire book was written while I was in the can because you don't really have time to write. Um, so that's uh, that's how that book came to be. Anyway, um, he loved it. He said, uh, you got to publish it. And I said I would. Um, but then I was introduced to the difficulties of the publishing industry. And uh, let me tell you something. Here's, this might just sound like a bitter old cis white male um, kind of giving you (laughs) poor me but nonetheless if you look on any agency that like literary agents that are accepting authors every fucking single one of them says specifically looking for people of color diversity um lgbtq etc etc there's nothing wrong with being any of those things i'm not i'm not saying that at all but i am saying that i think it's pretty much you're pretty much fucked if you write a book about exploiting exactly what they're exploiting and then you expect them to sign you up right so um so i said i'll just self-publish it fuck it because uh, i wanted it to be published um before he passed and unfortunately I, I didn't i didn't get it done before he died but uh uh i did get it up shortly thereafter i, I put it on amazon and it sold i think it sold like 50 copies thereabouts it wasn't not a whole lot um it was a good book it was it was really funny it was it's short it's only like fifty-one thousand words or something but um 
I was quite proud of the, all the plot points and the way if you've ever watched like a Guy Ritchie movie, that's sort of how it plays out. There are like five different running stories that all inter, intersect. Um, and it's a very easy read. Anyway, I'd forgotten all about that book. And uh, I, when the pandemic hit, I started writing. I had this plan for a, like a like this master plan for this huge novel that was basically a, sort of in the line of... Uh, of uh i guess uh, oh i want to say guardians of the galaxy that kind of kind of is but uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is more what i'm thinking of um but it, you know it was this beautiful um story uh, funny again it was it was a humor satire piece about this mathematician who's very pragmatic and he's trying to negotiate this world where everybody is so divided per, you know transparently it's just to benefit politicians, right? They, they, they want you to all hate each other um, to, uh, because they, if they, they have this thing where they only appeal to their own base and, and if they can motivate their base to vote, that's more important than catching swing voters. They don't care about swing voters anymore. That was the entire Karl Rove tactic with George W. Bush. And it's been that like in Canada, that is 100% the Justin Trudeau model. Uh, they want their base to hate conservatives um, in order to motivate their base to vote because they think if they don't, it'll be the apocalypse. It's it's fucking outrageous. It's outrageous how manipulated everybody is. All that aside, um, this book is funny and it's about somebody who can see that manipulation happening but can't do anything about it. That I may have some sympathy for the protagonist in this book. Um, so he's just trying to negotiate life. Like, how do you succeed? How do you, um, you know, get, get through your thesis and everything while navigating this landmine of like political correctness and hyperpolarization and everything else. And he's developed this thesis that, um, basically is a computer program that can, um, universally translate computer language anyway, um, using sort of artificial intelligence. And, uh, and it, it's a really fun book because uh, as it progresses, um, you know, not only is he navigating this divided society, but he also discovers that um, the multiverse is a real thing. And, uh, and unfortunately, he is at the center of it. And he's this, you know, pragmatist who, uh, you know, w- wouldn't, hurt a, wouldn't, wouldn't hurt a fly. And now he's stuck in the middle of this huge adventure. And, and uh he has to basically play the role of Indiana Jones while also still being a nerdy mathematician. It's, it's a really fun book. It's called Oliver Bell and the Infinite Multiverse. And I'm so goddamn proud of it. But do you think I could find a fucking agent to pick this book up? It's been professionally edited. It's been edited by myself. Both editors have offered to publish it. Um, not, not myself. So I've had two professional editors. Um, both editors have offered to publish it or to um, to help get it published. They want screenplays done. They want audiobooks done. You know the, the whole the whole thing. Uh, but you got to get the second editor said, "Look, it, it needs a bigger audience than what we can give it. You you need to find an agent to represent it and get you know get it to Harper Collins or someone." I cannot find a fucking agent to save my life. And it's look, I I've written crap before. I, I, I can look back on my writing and I can pick the crap, the wheat from the chaff, <laughs> the crap from the chaff. Um, no, the crap and the chaff are the same thing. The wheat's the good part, <laughs> the wheat from the crap. Um, 
anyway, this is the wheat. This one's good. Uh, I'm proud of it. Um, I'm not saying that narcissistically. It's had a lot of help from others. It's it's just uh, it's a good book. But I cannot find a fucking agent. I, I'm really struggling, and I think it's kind of part of it's the same thing, uh, where every, you know, I'm not um, I'm not a lesbian uh, amputee. Uh, I don't have a chance of playing like an underrepresented card. I'm a I'm a cis white guy, and I'm not going to lie about it. Um, but uh, you know, it, it it's it's a struggle because I think this book is funny enough that it should it should probably find an audience um anyway it's uh it's probably not going to and i was getting really depressed about that when um when one of the editors uh called me sort of out of the blue about six months after we'd last talked and he said hey i i'm reading grantrepreneurs and i want to publish this um would you let me take a shot at it and uh so we worked out a deal and uh yeah so grand entrepreneurs is going to be published um so when that comes out you know uh pick it up it's a it's a fun uh it's a fun read and uh look i stand to make literally dozens of dollars off this deal so <laughs> it's not like it's not like it's going to make me rich um but uh yeah, that was that was some good news that came out of all this. This was a long rambling story. It started with dad's cancer and I don't know, but the book was written for him. Anyway, so some good has come out of the writing experience. Uh, I would have really, really much preferred to find an agent for Oliver Bell. Um, but, you know, it's kind of exciting to be published, not by a vanity press, by an actual publisher, um, even though it's a small distribution. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's sort of the good news. All right. The last thing I want to talk about is, um, spirit of Christmas and, uh, remembering to, to be generous with either your time or your money and help those in need. I had a, I'm not going to talk about uh, my own donations and stuff. That's not where this is going, but I had a very frustrating, uh, online experience the other day. Uh, it was not me. Somebody, some kind soul left uh, bags of clothes and, um, uh, and like socks and underwear and blankets and stuff up, you know, pinned to the uh, trees in uh, the city where we live, where there are a lot of homeless people. And some absolute cunt face, sorry, forgive, forgive the term, but that's what they are, uh, complained on Reddit because they also had Bibles in those bags you fuckface asshole. Uh, you know what? If somebody's doing something good for people in need, don't bitch because they, uh, they included a Bible. Like, the, you know, this is not a religious rant. Actually, yes, it is. It is a religious rant. Stop punching down on Christians who are trying to help. That's fucking outrageous. That really, really bothers me. I, I would not punch down on any religious person of any stripe you know if there was a Quran in those bags whatever uh if they're helping if they're doing something good for humanity you don't fucking bitch about them and uh so that's a little bit of my not spirit of christmas that's just me being absolutely outraged by and how many people were like yeah bibles are only good for burning fuck off uh, the entirety of Western uh, civilization is thanks to uh, basically the moral tenets that you learn from the Bible. 
Um, now, I'm not saying that, look, that I grew up Christian. Uh, I still identify as a Christian. That sounds like a trans. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I identify as a Christian. Um, I'm not particularly denominational. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, Christianity has caused problems and it's not because of Christ. It's because people are imperfect. Um, there's been wars over religion, of course. But I think people without Christ are worse than people with Christ or with God, even. Like, let's just take Christianity out of it. Let's just put faith in it. Um, you know, uh, the things that have gone wrong um, with with Christianity are the flaws of human beings. And uh, to say that uh, you should burn your Bible and it's caused more harm than good, that's absolute rubbish. Um, you know, we, we are, uh, uh, Christians are generally, uh, the whole idea is that they have a moral compass and same with, you know, with, with any religion like Ju Judaism or whatever, it gives you a, a moral compass. We, you know, the golden rule, uh, you know, treat others as you would have them treat you. Um, the, the tenets of Christianity have basically allowed us to live in a functional society where, uh, honesty is our default expectation. Like when you buy something, we're always surprised if you get ripped off because you almost never do get ripped off. When you go to the gas station and you pay for a bottle of pop, you're going to get the bottle of pop you paid for. You'd be shocked if you were, the number of liters you were putting in your car was not accurate. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not, um, I, I don't think it's fair to say that religion has done more harm than good. That's just edgy bullshit. Uh, okay. All that aside, um, it's Christmas. Remember to, uh, give to charity, um, be generous and, uh, don't get angry like I am. Don't be a bitter old fuck like me. Um, you know, give to, if, if it's not your church, you know, give to the hospital, give to the Red Cross. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Just try to help if you can afford to a lot of people can't and that's that's cool too it's uh man it's it's frustrating time it's frustrating because i think the more the more fucked up society gets the more we're going to rely on um charity to get people through and the more the people who give to charity are going to be lambasted for having too much or for being um uh, what do you, what's, what was the word that the Chinese communist period, oh, decadence or whatever, you know, uh, just give anyway and, uh, put all your bitterness aside if you're like me. And, uh, oh, I, what I'd like to do, and I'm almost embarrassed that I haven't done it is I'd like to give more of my time, um, which, uh, you know, cause I'm not, uh, I don't know. It seems more meaningful, I think, sometimes to give, you know, you give your, give some money to, but just, uh, just remember to be charitable this season and, uh, try to be charitable to people of differing opinions and people who might not like you. Um, you know, the thing about, uh, the thing about, uh, Christianity is that you can punch at it because they generally, uh, don't punch back. <laughs> That's the... So, you know, if you're getting punched for whatever reason, most people are atheists now, I realize, and probably most of the listeners to this uh, are atheists, but um, 
you know, if they're punching at you for whatever reason, I think that's a good tenant. Just it's, it's not worth punching back. And that's what I still need to learn. Anyway, look all Merry Christmas. Sorry, this is kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a fucked up episode, but, uh, uh, I just really wanted to thank you all for listening and, uh, and, uh, yeah, just touch base and say hello and, and happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends, Joyce Kwanzaa to, uh, our African friends, you know, Merry Christmas to, uh, Christians and happy holidays to all you heathens. <laughs> see you later. Oh yeah. Stay healthy. Stay classy. See you next time. Thank you.